0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Trevor John Wayne here. Very happy to be back on the Hollywood Raw podcast. In this episode, we're talking about my missed opportunities of being able to go home and spend a wild night with Lindsay Lohan, and also a similar situation with uh, completely destroying my opportunity with Miley Cyrus. It's fun. I also talk about a uh, business opportunity that I had with Suge Knight. You're going to like this one. Hey, everybody. It's Tony Robbins.
1: Hey, guys. I'm Audrina Patches. Hey,
0: this is Adam Carolla.
1: You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're
2: watching Hollywood Raw. You're
1: listening to and watching
2: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast where we like to say we humanize Hollywood. We reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. What does that mean? You'll see actually on today's episode because we got a really, really good guest. My name is Adam Glenn joined by my buddy Dax Holt. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing good. I'm excited for uh, Mr. Trevor Wayne who we are having back for round two. If you guys have not listened to the First episode, I highly recommend it. Trevor is such a good guest. He is a former TMZ producer. He's a street journalist, and he has some amazing stories. And his stories were so good during our first interview. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to have him back because we have only touched the tip of the iceberg with all the good content that he has. So he is back for round two. Uh, This week has been crazy, though, Adam. I mean, how many stories... Did we get out there uh, when in the press with Jim Edmonds and Courtney? I mean, damn, it was everywhere this week. It was really cool.
2: Yeah, it was very cool. We also got a lot of shit for it too. People <laughs> <you feel> like, <laughs> let's be real. People were like, oh, why don't you get Megan? And honestly, like, we reach out to a lot of people. I don't want to go back and forth and back and forth. I just, I don't care. I do an interview, we move on. Like, I just don't want to make this the. Uh, I don't want to go to court for this whole debacle. <laughs> uh, you know, like it's not our issue. I do it's feel just like. like it's already he agreed so to come messy. on. We talked to him. I just don't yeah. want to waste your guys' time and go back and forth. But it's cool to hear his perspective because we haven't heard him talk. Um, First time meeting him. Honestly, I heard his side. I heard well, her you know side. What? I don't know what to believe. Her, I just her side,
1: And if you guys have a chance, she did release a whole episode on her podcast uh, responding to his stuff. So I feel like we're going to leave it right there. He said his side. She has now responded and said her side. And we are going to kindly step out of that conversation (laughs) and let them figure it out as parents, as, you know, as humans, all of that. So I wish them much luck. I do. Honestly, at the end of the day, I hope that they can find some peace. I hope they can figure their shit out because they have kids involved and that's all we want. We want them to uh, do what's best for the children.
2: Yeah. Today's episode is uh, one of our guests that you guys love. You guys love to hear like the dirt, what really goes on in the business, you know, and um, these guys today, these journalists, paparazzi, whatever you want to call them. They're the ones in the thick of it. They're the ones who get to see what goes down. They get to see what celebrities are really like. And that happens with Trevor. Trevor's got insane stories. Again, listen to part one. We everyone said we want to hear more Trevor. He's back today before we get to him. Let's read some reviews. Dax, you have some ready.
1: I got some ready. All right. This one comes from. More of Margoth, I think is how you say the name. Five stars, con- consistent excellence. This podcast is so different than others. It's refreshing, fact-based, a different point of view. They focus on the story and not themselves. Although they do not they do share personal experiences with famous people, the show is never about them. It's about the news. I love the different type of guests they have and how much they share. Dax and Adam have great chemistry, and they respect each other. Love, love this show. It is one of the those binge-worthy shows. I also don't miss out on their Facebook group do not sleep on it they share great things and the community often has great input on stories ideas and for new shows emmy more
2: nice. very nice what a review. i like i like
1: that not only are you a listener but you are a facebook uh, group member for off the record because it is it is a fun community come join us for sure
2: for sure uh dax you have one more before we get to trevor
1: yep this one, loyal Juicy Scooper, now real raw fan. Uh, loved your interview with Heather. Legit shocked. I'm just finding you guys binging old episodes while I work in the garden. Cheers to many people driving three hours to come see you soon. Aw. Well, thanks, that Tess cool. OGP. I uh, do appreciate that. Tess OGP. Thank you,
2: thank Very you. nice. Thank you, guys. Lee Review. Again, it's best you do to support us. All right, Dax, our guest I'm- today.
1: Uh, Our guest today, Trevor Wayne, you guys know him, you love him, you requested him to come back for a second appearance on this show. Uh, He is a former TMZ producer, camera guy, and has thousands of amazing stories that we are going to get into today. Uh, Trevor,
2: welcome back. Trevor, thank you for joining the podcast again. Everyone loved your last appearance. And again, if you listen to, if you're listening now, go back and listen to Trevor's first appearance on the podcast. Trevor, you were one of the few paparazzi that actually got to cross over and hook up with a celebrity, which I think is every paparazzi's, like, dream. I think there's mm-hmm. one other ce- paparazzi that did that, and he actually had a good one on his resume. He had Britney Spears. You had Aubrey O'Day. Both good. Both good. Uh <laughs> But uh,
1: it's funny for you because... I can't believe you just compared Trevor to Adnan. I feel like they're in two
0: very different worlds. Two very I mean, different levels him. of greasy, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adnan Grazy. was a good-looking dude from what I remember. He wore a lot of those like puffer uh, vests, though. You know, mm. They were never really in. Yeah, Diesel but I, jeans. I
1: also, the whole time I felt like it was just... I don't know. It felt a little dirty to me. I'd love to talk to Adnan, though, because... Maybe I got an impression of him that we're really wasn't there, but it just seemed weird that whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't. It seemed like Brittany was so out of it during those days that she was almost like tricked into sure. a lot of stuff.
0: For sure. Yeah, but
1: you so know, Brittany, weird.
2: So we talked about your your time with, um, you know, with Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey.
1: Real quick, any have any you saw been saw
0: to Have you been to Irvine Spectrum Center since our last?
1: I have not. not no, gone. no, I have oh. not gone down there. But trust me, I will think of you yeah. next time I go When you
0: find there. the carousel by the yard house, just be like.
1: <laughs> and guys, if again, like Adam said, if you have not gone back and listened to part one of this, this one. all of this will make sense. So pause where yeah. we're at right now. Go listen to part one with Trevor. Come back, and all of these stories will start to make sense to you. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well,
0: did you uh, hook have up, up
2: our- with... Any other ones or come close? Do you have any close calls?
0: Yeah, I had some fucking close calls, man. More close calls than I did have uh, of closing. All right, which <laughs> to this day it's, I, it's I not still, what we want, but still cool. No, it's not, but you know, you got it, you got to you got to shoot them all, and hopefully something lands. So, yeah. um, honestly, one of the ones that I remember most is is potentially going home with Lindsay Lohan one night. Actually, what? sorry, I pronounced her name wrong. It's Lowen,
1: right? I think she's changed it a couple times over the years. We'll go with Lilo. Lindsay. Most people know her as Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. You almost hooked up with Lindsay Lohan?
0: Yeah. So um, you know, in Hollywood, you would go to the nightclubs. On the week nights, not the weekends, that's when San Fernando Valley and the IE, everyone's coming out from, you know, the nine to five stress they've been put through all week. But if you lived in Hollywood, you would go to the nightclubs Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and we frequented the illustrious Bootsy Bellows, okay? It's on the border mm-hmm. of West Hollywood and Beverly Hills on Sunset Boulevard, and um, we knew the door guys, and we also had a buddy named Brett Gersky. he still works in Hollywood, and he was our... Backroom guy, the VIP guy, okay? And he was friends with my roommates, so on Tuesdays, we were on the backroom list. So this one night, we get to Bootsy Bellows, <laughs> dap up the door, dudes, and say, we're Brett's buddies. He's waiting for us in the back, and they unlock the castle gates and let us back there. Mm. Now, Brett didn't drink, but he always had a bottle of chill Jack Daniels waiting for us. And uh, when we got back there, it was flowing. couple hours in, it's going great. Just another Tuesday night with the boys. But Lindsay Lohan happens to be on the other side of the room. And my buddy, Alex Stone, who is uh, still, to, to, still to this day one of my best friends. He's a fashion and commercial photographer. Um, he loved pop culture. He loves celebrity news. He still does. Still to this day when somebody dies and TMZ posts the obituary post, Alex is the first person to send it to me. Like when... Um, um, uh, oh, my God. Why do I always blank out on names? Hoonigan, the crazy race car driver. Um, Help me out, guys. Mm, I know you're talking Kim about, Block. Kim there Block. We- like, Kim Block died last week, and I wake up to a text message from Alex thinking he's going to tell me. And it's just a fucking screenshot of TMZ's obituary post. So Alex loves celebrities. So we see Lindsay Lohan, and he goes, bro, 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 bro. Lindsay Lohan's here. I'm like, "Well, let's go say hey." So we pick up the drinks, we walk over to where she's at in the club. She's at a table with a bunch of different people and it's just nice to close the proximity on celebrities. This is like the best mm-hmm. part. Sometimes it's just being around them is cool. You plus, don't even need Plus to-
1: that's That's Lindsay Lohan in her element. Oh yeah. And uh, sorry, what what year are we talking? So I can place like where we're at in Lindsay's timeline. The saga
0: of uh this was like twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So we're
1: going twenty twelve ish, twenty twelve ish. Is this is this Liz and Dick era of Lindsay? Like we're past the two thousand seven, we're past like
0: court dates. Mm. This is post Samantha Ronson. Okay, I believe. So yeah, I, I think this is back into like heterosexual Lindsay Lohan. Okay, if, okay. At least that's what it felt I'm with like. You. So <laughs> we go over there, just trying to get a little peek, and she ends up getting up from the table, and she ends up like walking right in front of us, and I stick my hand out. My buddy's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Stick my hand out in front of her." I go, "Yo, the only person in this club that could pull off those mom jeans you're wearing is you," and that was it. That's all I had to say. It was arm in arm, and she is dragging me off. And I look back at my buddy Alex, and I'm just like, peace. I'm out of here, dude. I know where I'm going. It is going to be, I mean, I don't, I don't, Lindsay like to party, guys, you know, okay? And I've heard stories, so I'm just like, take me wherever you want, and let's make this quick. Let's get out of here. Like, I'm done with the club. So she goes, hey, let me take you over to the DJ and introduce you. He's my friend. I'm like, I'm, I'm still thinking of your pickup line. That was your pickup line? Mom
1: jeans. She, are you sure she wasn't like, cool, nah. I need a new best
0: friend? That hit home, Dax. <laughs> She's been waiting for that compliment since she bought those jeans, okay? And I, I hit it on the head. I said, yo, mom jeans looking great. Nobody in here could pull those off but you. And that was just, oh, get over here. So she walks me over to the DJ, starts talking to him, and I realize this, this probably this, this isn't good because the DJ's booth is literally bordering the table where all my friends are sitting. They're completely supportive. They want me to go home with Lindsay Lohan. However, there was a, a monkey wrench in this situation, a loose screw, if you will. And my roommate had a girl out with him this night. This is one of my other roommates. I had like three of them. And we would always travel out together. So one of my roommates had this girl who I've never even fucking met before. She's just his Tuesday fling. And as me and Lindsay are walking back towards her section, this girl fucking stands up all drunk and shit and goes, Hey, Hey, are you Nicki Minaj? I'm like, Nicki fucking Minaj. Like, Nicki Minaj. And what are you, what are you, who are you comparing to? and, Lindsay didn't take kindly to that, like just reactionary. Let's go on my arm and goes, excuse me. And that was it. Like, no, I'm frozen in confusion, pissed looking at this girl. Like, who the fuck are you talking to like that? And I look <laughs> over and Lindsay had like third base signaled, probably this third base signal. You know what I mean? And her crew was up and i literally remember just seeing the back back door shut oh that's it that's Dude. it that's it i could have been right now why, she,
1: why did why would she leave the club though like why peace out i don't know dax i don't know but i did knew- you say any did you say anything to your friend's girlfriend like what the hell was that about
0: I'm more looking at my roommate like, who the fuck did you bring out with us, bro? And he's just like, bro, she's a girl. She's been drinking. They say weird stuff. I'm like, God. Oh.
1: (laughs) That is crazy. That sucks, man. Did
0: we fucking lose Adam?
1: Yeah, he he said he couldn't hear it. He texted me and said he couldn't hear but he's we're... There we go. He, he's back,
0: Dax. I could have been in the back of a fucking TLC suburban. TLC is a company that basically just shuttles celebrities around, doing yep, fresh yep. Colombian bam bam. Not my thing. <laughs> Not my thing. Never been my thing. But when in when in when in Hollywood, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, I am so sorry, buddy. All all right, that that is it's brutal. All,
0: it's all good.
1: And nothing's worse than sitting there thinking about what could have been. What could too. have been, guys? You would have had the best most epic hangover the next day.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And we would have called that the low hand hangover.
0: Mm-hmm. The lowest of low. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what that was the fuck is a,
1: going on with Adam. It's Come a missed on.
0: it's a missed opportunity, Dax. That sucks. However, I didn't Come fuck on. that one up. That was out of my control. There was other ones that I fucked up
2: uh who else was a close call
0: um fuck unfortunately miley cyrus <laughs> No, no so close calls dude we would have been great together i'm not even kidding okay like so wait you okay
1: walk me through your miley cyrus encounter then i need to hear I will, from top to bottom
0: <laughs> um There was a sushi restaurant. Me and my boys used to eat at all the time. Cheap sushi, cheap sake. Uh, It was was in Hollywood. It was called Kabuki, like Kabuki Theater. I think it's maybe still there. Who knows? Um, But we go there all the time. And this one afternoon, just another day, we go there. We sit at the sushi bar. We order a couple rolls and a little bit of sake. And who sits down to my left? Miley fucking Cyrus, guys. Okay? Okay? And she's with you know, this skinny little guy friend of hers and they start talking and I was sitting in the sunlight. Sorry, hold on. My girlfriend's Japanese Siri is fucking going off because she thought I said, <laughs> Siri, Siri, <laughs> Siri. Yamate Kudasai. Okay. Um, that
1: was awesome so i said what did you say to siri
0: uh i told her to stop yamate means like stop and then i said kurasai, which is like a very very like a proper way to say please you even got to talk to the machines like with Extra With respect. respect. I it's like unreal. It. Um, okay. So Miley sits down next to my left and she's got this, like, you know, little guy friend of hers and they start talking together. And I'm like, well, oh, you fucking. So I remember leaning back in my chair and doing everything I can to be as, like, discreet as possible, but, like, confirming, holy shit, it's Miley Cyrus. And I was sitting in the sunlight because I remember I had sunglasses on. And this is what allowed me to, like, constantly have a side eye on them. And I remember her and him, like, kind of tapping each other and, she mouthed, he's cute. I, I'm not like, I know what I saw, okay? So I see he's cute. I'm like, oh, it's, it's fucking on, okay? Take a bite, take a swig of the sake. I stand up and I walk just two seats over to my left and I like put my hand down on the sushi bar and I say, excuse me, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. And her buddy goes, oh, You're not interrupting. I'm like great, and Miley goes, "Yeah, have a seat, sit down. What's up? What's your name?" And I go, "Hey, I'm Trevor. Nice to meet you." I go, "Um, to be honest with you, I go, I find you incredibly cute. I go, you're adorable." And that's how I led into it. I just, and this is what I learned as I got older: is you don't need pickup lines. You don't need this fluffy bullshit when you're talking to women. You literally just compliment them. It could be anything from their shoes to their fragrance, and. To their
1: mom jeans.
0: Yeah, to the mom jeans. Yeah, that that's that's a daring one, but it worked. Um <laughs> so I had some experience with how to talk to her without like, you know, just, just cut to the chase. Just tell her you think she's cute. But I was also real naive at this time. I hadn't been working for TMZ very long, and I know who I am, but I didn't realize how like negative of a stigma the paparazzi carried let alone TMZ, especially from an A-listers perspective like Miley. So I'm talking to her. I tell her she's cute. And she's like, dude, I live in Toluca Lake. Where do you live? I'm like, I'm in Studio City. We're like fucking neighbors. And she's like, do you blaze? I'm like, baby, we're in California. She's like, you should come <laughs> over. Music and weed. I'm like, God is just giving it to me today. Until, <laughs> until. I don't know why, but I had mentioned to her something about me working for TMZ. And she immediately was like, "Scared." You're not cute anymore i'm like no no no. like look it's it's still me like i just do this for this company she's like no you're not cute anymore go back to your seat I'm like oh. Fuck, dude like my third grade <laughs> teacher who i'm flirting with here's your apple mrs mrs cyrus she's like go sit down go sit down is and it do weird your homework that,
1: is it weird that i literally feel awkward <laughs> no. in this moment right now no for you for something that happened a long time ago Bro
0: this happened like 11 years ago and i oh, still God, think about I'm like it.
1: cringing inside of my my heart the for worst,
0: you The worst The worst my friends are like you are a fucking idiot bro <laughs> Like the, the only one thing you didn't need to say you said and so, you could have
1: said I. I work for a production company. I mean, you could have left it. You could have left it as anything. Could
0: have been a fucking plumber with my ass crack hanging out. Like it doesn't. And then ma-
1: she could have got to know you first and like see how cool you yes, were before that's... you brought in the three-letter word.
0: Pap. Oh, TMZ. TMZ. <laughs> 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 Fuck, dude. So yeah, that was that was uh, Lindsay Lohan was disheartening because it was out of my control, but yeah Woo! when there's no one else to place blame on but yourself those so did you things. just did
1: you just do like a, a walk of shame back to your table or like yeah how did the, that whole thing wrap up
0: sadly dax the walk of shame was two bar seats over so i am just <laughs> wallowing in the filth that i've created for myself and i think at the time we had pretty much like you know cashed out and my boys were like it's time to go bud Time to go. Like, back of the collar. Time to go, bud. And I remember getting outside and one of my buddies was smoking a cigarette and I'm like, pacing, literally pacing. And I'm going, I gotta go back in there. I gotta go in there and redeem myself. And they're like, dude, you fucked up so bad that there is no redemption. Go ahead and look in the window. She's gone. And that was it. I never fucking saw her again. Never saw her on the job. Never knew anybody that knew her. Was over, okay? Dude, and I'll tell you right you now, it,
1: it could have, it could have been Miley Wayne right now, but it's not.
0: It would have been Trevor Cyrus, okay? <laughs> would have gladly taken the last name, okay? <laughs> Billy Bob, Billy Bob, Billy Billy Ray. Sorry, Billy Ray would have been my stepdaddy. It
1: mm-hmm. would have been probably just it, actually your father-in-law is what we like to call it.
0: Yeah, yeah, my father. <laughs> yeah, so that sucked.
2: I mean, oh, Miley's man, a cool that... chick. I
0: see her now, and she's just like, she's a little baddie. And she likes man, the ganja she's, she's and awesome. having a good time. I'm like, this could have been something. This could have been. Yeah, but I instead, you know, she gets into an A-list relationship with Liam. And stress, baby. I would have you... I would have been doing laundry, washing dishes.
1: Hey, you really fucked
0: this one up, Trevor. Really but, fucked it up. Not going to lie. But I got Aubrey.
1: <laughs> now was aubrey before or after miley way after, after. Way, after. way after okay I had kind of did you work
2: does it say did you so you're like out at did your shift i guess when you worked were you working days or nights
0: i started daytime and i think in episode one i explained how bad i was uh, how bad i was at these daytime hours you had so TMZ would work the cameramen in 10-hour shifts, and they would kind of structure the crew like police, like cops who had a beat. There's a paparazzo cameraman at LAX. There's one in Beverly Hills. There's one in downtown LA. There's one in Studio City in the Valley, and they would spread them around. So they would cover all locales of the 30-mile zone, and you would network with other paparazzi that happen to work within your zone, and you guys would, you know, share information and help you know get the job done a little bit better but uh nighttime was a 10 hour shift and you'd start at 6 p.m and you'd go till 4 a.m now as a born night owl this is where i really honed in on my tmz experience tmz skill because i just wasn't awake enough you guys know you guys know you guys were courteous enough to start this a little later in the day for me because (laughs) fucking 9 a.m I just like, I'm not really awake yet. I go to bed at like 2 a.m. every night. So I really struggled at the beginning of TMZ working the day shift. And like I had mentioned in episode one, I got fired like nine months in just because I was like fucking late all the time and like missing early morning shots. Got my job back, weaseled my way into night crew. And then, like I said, that's where I really like kind of like sharpened my skill. Uh, Night crew, I thought was a lot easier because you can plan what's going on in the night because at night people are doing two things. One, they're going to dinner. Two, they're going out after dinner, whether it's a bar or a club, okay? That's it, so you know where they're going. Um, Depending on where you're based that night to shoot, you've got your hot spots, you've got your hot restaurants, you've got your hot clubs. And if no one's at your hot restaurant, which is rare, you can go check out the less hot spots and try to find somebody. But it was easy how at night. You guys,
1: how did you guys know who was like in a restaurant at night? And then this this question's for you too, Adam, because how how do you guys know? Like, if you get you show up to a restaurant, you haven't been tipped off there, but you know that it's like the popular hot spot. Um, and, and I'm not saying Craig's because I feel like Craig's is – too big now, but whatever, the palms I, well, restaurant. I've done How this. Do at, you know?
2: I've done this at Craig's. I was just in Miami for last month and I did it in Miami. I do it everywhere. I just kind of, I try to dress, um, presentable. I'm not dressing anything fancy. I'm just looking presentable. And I take a very quick, confident walk through the restaurant. Like I'm either trying to find a friend or trying to meet someone. And I just take a real quick walk through the restaurant, trying to find the table or trying to find the bathroom. And try to spot people in the restaurant. Now, it gets weird when, if I do find a celebrity in the restaurant, and then I go back outside and have my camera ready, and the door guy's like, wait, weren't you just inside? And then they kind of catch on. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, what uh, what a fucking
0: expert, dude.
2: I do. I'm mean, an
0: expert, Adam. I, I, I,
2: you, You gotta do it. I I just I'm very good at kind of being very nonchalant, like walking in very confident, like I'm there to meet someone, but literally I'm just kind of taking the quickest lap through the restaurant trying to spot someone. Now it's funny because Yeah.
0: Why didn't you just ask the door guy?
2: Because I don't know all the door guys, and not all the times are the door guys gonna help you. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the door guy doesn't even is not good at even spotting celebrities that they don't even know. Mm -hmm. So um, for example, like the restaurant Carbone, they're not going to help me. You know, they're, they're used to, they don't know who I am. They're just not going to mm-hmm. be good. But mm-hmm. some places like it's like 50, 50, some places, the place I was just at a restaurant, there's a Greek restaurant, There was a celebrity inside and the manager was outside. I was like, Hey man, I told him what I'm doing. I was like, I, I got a tip here. Is this person still here? He's like, Oh, they're, Oh yeah. Uh, what were they? Wearing? And he knew. And he was like, yeah, they actually just left. And he was right. He wasn't trying to be addicted. He, he goes, was trying to help me out. Yeah, do they no, ask you no, guys for money? Like, is it a no, uh, thing? no, 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 no? Like
1: they they want a tip for, to give you who's inside?
2: No, I because you know what it is? I don't have money to give, so uh, it, it's, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have money to give. So yeah. for they don't, there are just most people. I don't give people money. I, I what I try to do, and because I don't make enough money, I'm gonna be realistic, guys. Like, look at me, come on. I'm dressed like I'm about to go fucking shovel a driveway. Please, you look but like I, a fucking
0: uh, New York millionaire, bro.
2: Yeah, because I have is a couch. Dilemma. Yeah, yeah you're, I have your hat on. Yeah, but know what I do? It's – um. here's what I try to do for my tipsters. And I don't know if I'm giving out the, the secret recipe, but at least this is what oh, I've tried to do. The tipsters, the tipsters I have have become my friends. Uh, and it, I don't want to put money on because, again, I don't really make that much money. And there's no there's no really definition of how much money the tip is going to be. So what I try to do is develop relationships with these people, and I always try to – I always ask people if they can meet anybody, who's the three people they want to meet? I I have a good memory. People give me the three people they always want to meet. And when I have a chance or opportunity and I run into someone who someone says they always want to meet, I try to bring them around so they get to meet the person they've always wanted to meet. And that goes a longer way than money. Because once you bring money involved, they expect cash every time. But sometimes you get a shot and there's no money involved. So there's no way to really like you don't make any money. So there's no way to like just guarantee money it just gets really gross and weird
0: that's why uh you know working for tmz they've got fucking cash so it was easy to kick 50s out to get some info well trevor
1: would you do the same thing would you would you walk through a restaurant or something like that yeah uh...
0: i would uh constantly do the fake phone call shit and just put my phone to my ear. But the worst is when it was like showing my home screen, you know,
2: <laughs>
0: they were just clearly like indicating that I'm not actually on the phone. Uh, but uh, I remember one time I call that
1: the Paris Hilton. Yes, dude. The fake phone call. She was Paris great Hilton. at it.
0: She was really good at it. Um, she made it look good. I remember one time getting a tip. Um, so this is a little different. I had a tip, but I didn't have confirmation that they were actually inside. So I did have to go inside and, do some recon and it was for Vince Vaughn and it was in Santa Monica. And I remember Mm -hmm. looking around the entire uh, uh, like landing area and not seeing him, but then having to like go up the mezzanine. Isn't that what it's called in second level? The mez. I think it's called the mez in the restaurant industry, guys, the mez. It's like the second floor. Okay. So I walk up the staircase and lo and behold, there's my there's my boy Vince. What's up, baby? (laughs) And I remember like going into the bathroom, which like the door like was like (laughs) straight to his back and just going, I got you. But yeah, I So did you
1: film him when he came out?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't cool, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Vince doesn't like uh, cameras. He's I, not a fan was, of the camera.
0: I was trying to like give him that fucking swingers baby shit, and it just like really was not landing well. <laughs> he wasn't so rude. It was his buddy, and this was the thing: is like celebrities' buddies would always like get more agitated and aggressive than the actual Isn't that celebrity. Funny. It's yeah, like
1: they, they feel like they need to protect their yeah. their friends or whatever. Get the
0: fuck out of here, bro,
1: douchebags.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> It's like, dude, Vince is cool. He's just not talking to me, but he's not like irate. And that's where situations would get like a little dangerous is when these like X factors would come into play, like friends of the celebrity that are doing too much. It's like, dude, maybe this is your first time experiencing being with your friend who's a celebrity and a paparazzo shows up, but they're used to this shit. Yeah, like all they do is just go zip and I don't really have much to work with.
1: It's funny how like people can easily like criticize you know camera guys out there. They're like, "Oh, you didn't ask the right question. You're dumb." And I'm thinking, if for someone who's never been there and never seen what it's like to have to come up with a question that's smart, that's relevant, that's newsworthy in four seconds, shit is not easy. Like not easy at all. I don't know how you guys do it.
2: It's become like a sixth sense or just like second nature for us because we don't even think about it. But it's funny. I get hate all the time on my social media, I'm like, listen, if I knew who was going to show up at the time they're going to show up and not have someone kind of pushing me, not a homeless guy trying to kick me, trying to get money out of the person. It's like, there's so many factors that go into it where it's not the today show where it's, they're not, it's not a real interview and it's just acting. It's not a red carpet where you see the person walking up from a distance and you've had, you know, two weeks to think of the questions. You don't you can't you don't have a time to go on your phone to even Google to confirm that that's the exact person. You just don't know. So you just kind of wing it and just trying to go with it. And it's that's the adrenaline and fun. I love of it like that's. But I also think that's the charm of it, too, because it's not the cleanest interview, but it's the most real interview, if that makes sense. It's um, but again,
0: Hollywood raw, fellas. Yes, <laughs> that's
2: that's exactly what it is.
0: Hollywood raw. It's dog. raw. What? Uh,
2: so wait, Trevor, so you mentioned like, you know, situations, situations, honestly, getting scary. Have you had any scary situations with a celebrity? Like, you, you know, um... I know you said it's always the friend, but have you ever had a dangerous, a rea- like a Yo- celebrity come to you as a night of partying? It was just like, dude, get the camera away from me or try to come after you because you did nightlife.
0: Yeah, uh, nightlife was way more exciting because there's alcohol and shit going on. And you're dealing with like uh, unsavory individuals like NBA players. NBA players were, I think, some of the most <sighs> risky or dangerous to shoot because they're constantly doing shit they shouldn't be doing. Such mm-hmm. as out with women who aren't their wife. And they would get really, (laughs) really upset when they would see the light turn on and they're in the parking lot of a club. And I'm like, yo, whoever like you pick up NBA player like, oh, wait, this isn't your wife. Uh, Actually, hold on. Get back to the questions like, dude, like they would get really, really, really um, aggressive. And then their security detail or their entourage and friends would press you physically, they would like they, they were intimidating because they knew they were out doing things they shouldn't be doing, which is just so silly with cameras like me right there. Like they're in Hollywood. Like They're not in like, you know, on a road game in fucking Idaho somewhere like they're in. West Hollywood having an affair and then they're losing their shit. When I'm like, "Hey, dude, so uh, what's your pregame ritual? Like, uh, do you, do do you, do you? You know what I mean? And like, oh wait, you're not with your wife. Who's this? It Was bad. Uh, but oh, I f-
1: I feel like I feel like people make dumb decisions when they're drunk anyway. My, my fear would be like it's that like professional fighter, like a boxer or a UFC fight. Like those are the guys that like I feel like you get them drunk you get them all hopped up and they're they're the ones that you should be freaked out about
0: well there was one and i'm a i'm a lifelong martial artist i've been training martial arts since i was 5 years old and i feel like along with the training i had developed a really good just natural sense to pick up on danger like it's it's a really uncomfortable internal feeling that I'll get when I feel threatened and it just like has all my senses up and it like makes me naturally just like want to put my hands up to get prepared. Like my hands are almost shaking like right now trying to remember how this feeling is, but, um, I'm a huge UFC fan. I've been watching mixed martial arts professionally on television for shit, 15 years. And Nick Diaz, who is one of my all time favorite, mixed martial artists, Nick Diaz, brother of Nate Diaz from UFC. He was coming out of a club one night. It was a uh, one Oak on sunset. I had met Nick once before and it was on Melrose during the day. And I lived on Melrose and I was just walking across the street to get a sandwich from the deli. And I lived on the like Western side of Melrose and it was more of like the fashion district as opposed to like all the pot shops, tattoo shops and stuff. And so it was real out of place to see him there. He was just fucking standing on the corner of my street and I'm like, Nick, Diaz and he's like yeah what's up bro I'm like holy shit I'm a huge fan can I get a picture with you and for me being a paparazzo if I'm ever requesting a picture from a celebrity like that's like uh uh, um starstruck shit like I don't need a picture with any of them you're like I'm having a full conversation with you but for me to want like a picture with you to like Immortalize this, this, this run in that, that means a lot. And so running into Nick, I actually probably could find the photo, but, uh, it's me, my little sub sandwich and my bag of chips. And we're just standing next to each other. Super cool. And then months later, I'm out in front of this club and I see Nick, I didn't know he was inside, but he's real identifiable. He's like, you know, he looks like a pro fighter. He's got curly Brown hair. I know him. And he comes out of the, out of the club and he's like, kind of stumbling but he's fireman's carrying a girl out of the club like Mm -hmm. full-on like bashed her over Over the head on the inside and no, I'm just kidding she's probably drunk (laughs) so he's carrying her out and he's with three guys one of them who I found out was his manager so I run across the street light on camera on yo Nick what's up and the look in his eyes was pay-per-view main event I'm his opponent and he's going to <laughs> tear my face off. It was fucking <laughs> frightening. I get up to him and he, the way he puts this girl down was like, she's not even here anymore. He just kind of goes like,
1: it's his championship belt. He took off his shoulder. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> like you want this buddy? I remember going, Hey Nick, like you've got an upcoming situation. And he just like goes and like approaches me. I don't even remember him saying anything. I think he might've said a couple of vulgarities But the one thing that stuck with me was his manager who was like, this is a real small circle. It was like me, his manager, him, and maybe the girl and another guy. It was real tight on the sidewalk. And I've got the camera on Nick and he's looking at me like he's going to fuck me up. And the manager, I'm like almost stuttering my words right now. The manager looks at him and just really slowly, softly goes, Nick, don't. Like, look at the fucking goosebumps, guys. Can you see this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Look at the hair standing up. (laughs) <laughs> Nick don't. I'm like I'm out. I'm out. Like 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 he's talking to him like he's done this shit before. Like Nick, don't. Like so dude, trembling a little bit. So that was yeah. my like probably potentially cuz I know also, you know, that dude would like you said Dax, alcohol, professional fighters, he's very capable of destroying me. Uh that was a situation that was just a little Um,
1: uncomfortable uh, yeah
0: it was it was it was unnerving to say the least
1: did I I ever tell you guys that I when TMZ first started I actually did go out in the streets to like film like they they tested me on it I sucked (laughs) (laughs) I was awful it was like back in the TMZ days when we didn't know what our voice was mm. and so we were covering red carpets we were covering junkets and gifting sweets and all this crap and until we kind of realized like people don't really care like people don't want necessarily red carpet it's too bleh and people don't give up great answers on red carpets um, fashion is like maybe the biggest thing but you can get that out of a photo you don't need you know an interview on a red carpet and so they would send us Uh, I remember I got sent to like the Desperate Housewives set once, got Nicolette Sheridan, like her dog hanging out. But I was so nervous the whole time. I was literally like uh, it was in Burbank somewhere at like a shopping center, I think it was. Um, I think there was like an Ikea there and I was up on the second story of this parking garage like in the stairwell like looking over the edge like worried someone was going to see me filming them and I was like oh, like the whole time freaking out I remember getting some of the um, American Idol contestants every so this was like season three I think like when Catherine McPhee was on and they would um, they basically we found out that they would go to Buca de Beppo's after the taping night. That was where production would take them. Isn't that a weird location?
0: Mm. Buca de Beppo. Adam, what do you think of Buca de Beppo? as a, uh, you know, uh, man
2: from New York City? I, I mean, listen. I think it's an interesting we got spot. But you, you go from uh, you go for whatever is good. But it's, I mean, actually, I've heard good things about that place. So I think it's pretty solid. I'll tell you what, though. I always, I used to always love. People I know, like that I'm friends with or close with, to come with me to work and, and and see what I do on the streets because it's a very ballsy job. Just think about it: a celebrity, A list, B list, C list, D list is walking down the street. They don't know what's going to happen. Okay, they don't know. They're just walking down the street, and you have to pull a camera out in front of random people, make a scene possibly, and try to get an interview out of them. Like it's a very very ballsy job. And I remember. I like had like a, a self reflection. I was like, I don't know if I feel like a good person doing this because it was so like ambush. But then I realized like I could do it in a way like in a dance where there was like a little bit of charm to it. Like I realized like if I saw a celebrity down the street, I don't just run up to him with the camera. What my strategy again is what I would do is I would get in a position where if they're walking down the street, I would get like fifty yards ahead of them in the direction and put myself in a position where they kind of walk towards the camera and I want them to see me. I'm not hiding. I want them to see me from a distance. Therefore, if they keep walking towards me, I know like, Hey, they might want to talk or B, they might want to engage or C, if they cross the street after they see me, that means a, they're not into it. So it was just like, I'm not like just boom, gotcha. It was more like having them walk into it. Um, it was a little bit more heartening, but it is a very ballsy job like anybody who like shit talks us and says you know oh i could do this oh you ask stupid questions I'm like try it then let me know how you do it. because it's not easy dude it's so ridiculous i was
1: i was such a bad paparazzi adam didn't even want to hear the end of my story yeah that's how bad of a paparazzi I was <laughs>
2: yeah no it's I, but you i'm sorry i just
1: I, it's just it's not an easy job it's like it's nerve-wracking it's kind of freaky you never know what like people are going to respond to you about so they clearly they did not want me out in the field anymore and i had to leave that to the professionals you're like too guys. cute no, i don't even say we're
2: professionals we're it. just yeah i don't know for professionals no, we're just you ballsy. are
1: good at what you do don't don't take that away like, i know I, I that you can ask questions in two seconds they're newsworthy they're amazing like what you guys do is a talent and people don't appreciate that talent
2: trevor has you have you actually filmed any iconic people like there's a difference between celebrity a-list b-list there's a difference between like movie star and then there's iconic people and i remember one of my iconic people i've gotten was one was Cher, and i got to interview Cher, and it was weird it was during uh when Trump nice. was becoming president, roughly, and she was like involved with some protest in New York City. I remember seeing her on the street and she was gonna go on a, a stage just speaking. She's just standing there. And I said, Hey, can I speak to you? And she was super cool. I interviewed mm. her. I even was like, Can I get a photo with her? Absolutely. I got a great photo of me and share, which is like insane. Mm. Like to the point where it was share. I didn't even know if it was her. I was like, Are you a real person? Cause she was just mm. standing there, not even a lot of people with her, no entourage. But for me, I, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm curious you're, who you got to see, iconic, but mine was Prince and all of a sudden i saw a name on a car on a black suv outside the ritz carlton and it was like it was a good car when i mean a car was like it seemed like it was a nice suv where they're going to pick up a celebrity and there was a name on the car and i googled the name of the person and it was like a keyboard or guitar player for prince's band i go this is weird and i'm just gonna stand here have my camera ready and after waiting there for like five minutes Prince comes running out, not running a skipping out. Prince was skipping out of the Ritz Carlton (laughs) super quick and jumps in the car. And I was like, holy shit, it's Prince. Like I never thought in my life I'd see Prince. Sure enough, about 10 days later, he passes away. And it was one of the last shots of Prince that anyone's anyone's ever saw. You got it. Have you ever, A, like met anyone iconic and B, had like one of those shots where – it was the last maybe time we saw the person.
0: I hate how you set that up, Adam, because it kind of coincides with my failures of not reeling the big fish of Lindsay Lohan in, not reeling the big fish of Miley Cyrus in. And here is me not reeling in the big fish of an iconic individual. Okay. You ready?
1: Yeah. The... We're buckling up. Hold on. Yeah, it's We're not ready. that
0: good because it doesn't have a climax. It just tapers off and you're like, that's it. <laughs> Whitney Houston oh okay. Whitney so I don't know where Whitney is from or you know is based is she an East Coast gal is she a West Coast gal but um, at the time she was in Beverly Hills and I would see her driving around this white Escalade often and once you know a celebrity's in town they've got their car and they're frequenting um, it's easy to kind of spot them and I was never really good at this um, spotting cars spotting license plates um, a fun trick, especially if, you know, you can you can apply this in real life today. If anybody ever rear-ends, or it's not rear-ends you, sorry. If anybody ever hit and runs you, all you need is the make and model of the car, the color, and the last three digits on the plate. The first four, you don't need them. It's just the last three, and they're all numerical. And so this is how us as paparazzi would spot celebrity cars, because they would all drive Escalades. They would all drive Range Rovers. So it would be like Kim Kardashian, for example. She had a black Range Rover, but the plate was 664. So that's how you would know it's Kim's car. So I'm in Beverly Hills. The sun is set. It's dark out, but I see this white Escalade driving around. And I look at the plate and I'm like, holy shit, I think that's Whitney Houston's Escalade. So I start to tail it. And the closer we get to Beverly Hills Hotel, the more I feel that this actually is Whitney Houston. So at the time, I was doing what's called uh, double dipping. I don't want to admit this, but you know, being a young buck out in the streets, you got to make money any way you can. And double dipping is when a paparazzo is, uh, you know, pretty loyal to an agency, has their agency, but is also shooting on the side and giving that content to a different agency. So I had a still camera at the time, TMZ, strictly video. But I was trying to make extra money, I'm trying to fucking hustle. And TMZ paid you salary. There was no bonus structure. So, you know, it was great because if you didn't shoot anything that day, you still get paid. But if you shoot Whitney Houston and she dies two days later, you get paid the same. So mm-hmm. I followed this wide escalade into the Beverly Hills Hotel valet uh, drive through thing. And... This is, it's all learning experiences and judging the situation. But I fucked this up because I had my still camera on right next to me in my passenger front seat, but I didn't bring it with me when I wanted to check to make sure this was Whitney getting out of her car because hotel security is real gnarly. There was a lot of people out front. and I really didn't want to uh, bring any attention to myself. I'm trying to stay pretty, pretty low profile here. So her car parks, I get out and I like, briskly walk over to the entrance of the Beverly Hills hotel and out steps Whitney Houston. I'm like, I froze for two seconds, which was two critical seconds. I ran back to my car, grabbed the still camera, ran back. And by the time I was ready to shoot, she was inside the lobby. I'm like, fuck me, dude. Like I'm not going to go into the hotel and shoot her. Like I missed, I missed my shot. I had told one other pap that she was staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. That's all I told him. I go, yeah, Whitney Houston's staying here, you know, up to you on whether or not you want to wait for her to come out. Well, he did. And I believe he got her just going to like a coffee shop or getting something to eat. Real simple. Well, the next fucking day, sadly, she tragically passes away. And And he got
1: the last shot.
0: That pap who I told about her whereabouts, who got the last shot. That fool made so much money. He was a Latino guy. He made so much money that he went down and opened up a fucking huge restaurant in Mexico. Okay?
1: Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) And he would tell me, Trevor, if this wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to open up a restaurant in Mexico. He's like, I'm supporting my whole family. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, oh, oh my God. And, you know, what's really funny is had I just had this in my pocket... I would have been able to go get, 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 get and those would have been the pictures I needed. Whereas before, wow. just not having the big camera in my hand, not being ready, just fucked that up. So iconic Adam. I saw Prince once, didn't really do anything for me. Uh, oh. but I I missed out on this Whitney Houston shot that probably would have made me some shekels.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Like it just reminds me of how like Lisa Marie Presley was literally out. We were all seeing videos of her literally two days earlier and then gone.
0: Yeah. You it's you know it's what's so funny? I
2: I had a thing where um I so we used to see Joan Rivers all the time. We saw her all the time. It, it was it was such an easy shot to get. And Joan Rivers was one of the best people because she was always nice, she was yeah, always yeah. fun, she was cool, she was pleasant. She was always good for jokes. And Joan was the type of person I'd go, hey, Joan, before I'd film her, I'd say, Joan, what do you got today? She'd go, ask me about Kim Kardashian, ask me about, you know, she would would tee her her up to hit a home run. She always had great jokes. And when you were done interviewing her, she would always take the earrings from her ear and say, hey, give this to your grandmother because she had a big line of jewelry. So one day my buddy says to me, goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 Joan Rivers was doing an easy event around the corner from where I was. But the band, um, what was the band's name? Train was doing a gig, like at a small gig down, downtown. And I could get Joan Rivers all the time, but my buddy was a huge fan of the band Train. So I said, screw, it, screw Joan Rivers. I'm going to go for Train. You know, my buddy Lance wanted to always meet the band Train. I'm going to go for Train, introduce the lead singer to my buddy Lance. It's going to be great. The next day, Joan Rivers passed away, mm. and I could have been Joan Rivers' last uh, last interview. And I was just like, I was like, I could get Joan anytime, but I gave up that interview for Train. Fucking Train.
1: That was a bad decision on your part. Mm. I, I don't know what's worse, Trevor telling Miley he works for TMZ, or you <laughs> yeah. not getting that shot
0: god <laughs> damn it oh another just uh,
2: <laughs> i want to bring up yeah, something was- actually you know again you guys aren't eskimo brothers but you guys trevor was, and i uh you know you, trevor you've had <laughs> you know your eskimo brothers with Are we? dj Pauly d and donald trump jr but I'm you happy about you guys that paulie one yeah but you guys <laughs> have <Jr>. both had <laughs> interesting run-ins with suge knight you know, which, Dax, okay. explain just who is Suge Knight for some people who don't know who Suge Knight is.
1: Uh, Suge Knight is a music executive in the rap world, legend. Uh, he ran uh, Death Row Records, um, was in the car when Tupac was shot. Like, he's just like a really, really well-known individual in that in the rap world. But like also a really scary guy, like... You hear stories about it. Wasn't he the one that allegedly held like vanilla ice over yeah, a ledge yeah, 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 yeah. by his feet? Like yeah. um and he's you know, he's just he's he's had some run-ins. Um my run in with him was scary because he's a tall dude. He's he's over six foot tall, probably a good three hundred pounds, not like not like fat, just big boned, beefy dude that um, and I happened to run into him outside of bankruptcy court, so he was already in a pissed-off mood, just lost $100 million. I'm out there with a camera like, hey, do you want to talk about this? And obviously, that's a no-go, and I ended up getting, like, cornered by him and his buddies in an alleyway and it was
0: Gnar. probably
1: a, a pretty intense one of the scarier moments of my life i basically was like never doing this shit again <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i did any camera work after that that might have been the catalyst to the end of me filming in public honestly
0: dax's paparazzo career fucking started at Buca de beppo with like the very <laughs> desperate like housewives <laughs> cast who were just like waiting for someone to talk to and then ended american idol
1: cast yeah him him
0: getting cornered in an alley by suge knight's posse (laughs) how tall is suge knight
1: let's see google what you got for us girl
0: siri says six two but i think that's a mistake he's like seven two
1: he is huge Huge. he's a big big man yeah um and so that that was a scary moment for me but like was your moment scary were you did you have a good shit with suge knight
0: uh my moment with suge knight my moments with suge knight started off great but then they got a little weird so i had a setup shot with him now a setup shot is when tmz corresponds with the celebrity or the subject and tease them up so it doesn't
1: have to be tmz it could be Anyone out there, anyone that just like you need a shot and you talk to them and they say, okay, I'll be here here uh, so I can get my word out or whatever. It's
0: relatively staged. They know a cameraman is going to come in impromptu interview them. So that's what happened. It was to take place at El Torito Mexican restaurant in Beverly Hills, which is on the corner of Wilshire Boulevard and Camden. I think it's still there. But uh, I get there. It's like a summer day. It's like three in the afternoon. And um, I get out and, and I see him. He is an imposing force. He is huge. Like the man could create an eclipse just by standing in front of the sun. So he's with his like, I don't know, three or four year old daughter. And they're walking up the sidewalk. Again, I'm prompted. This whole thing is set up. He knows I'm coming. And so I open up the camera. I go, Mr. Knight, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Uh, I got a question regarding that. And he goes, not today. I'm like, the fuck you mean not today? I'm like, this is all set up, dude. And he's like, not today. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the cameras, and I'm like, uh, Mister Knight. No, he goes. I said not today. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. So turn the camera off, and um, I think that was it. I like, I, I, I walk up to him. And we get close, and I'm like, this dude is huge. And he goes, Look, man, I'm sorry, but I'm just really not in the mood today. I'm with my daughter. He goes, Let's do it another time. I'm like, Yeah, sure, dude. Something like whatever. I get back in my car and this is where it started to get kind of real is he said he didn't want to do the shot. So I, I left him alone. I got back in my car and then I was either texting Diana saying, I don't know what the hell just happened, but this setup shot ain't, ain't, ain't going through. She doesn't want to do it. And like the eclipse, I mentioned him to be, I had a sunroof in this vehicle and it was open at the time. It was summer. He fucking leans over the sunroof. And like my entire car got dark and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I look up and he's got both of his arms on the roof of my car and he's leaned into my sunroof and he goes, say man, like, I'm sorry, we ain't going to do this today, but like, let me get your number and we'll coordinate setting up a shot. I'm like, all right. So he goes, what is it? I'm like, eight, five, eight. And he goes, eight, five, eight. Oh, Dago. You from San Diego? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he just goes, oh shit! You like the Chargers? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I love the Chargers. He goes, hell yeah. He goes, we got to go to a game together. He's like, I got box season tickets. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And so he's like, all right, cool. Give me the rest of your number. He's like, give him the rest of the number. And he's just like, shit, man, football day go. He goes, you know what? Get out the car, man, let's do let's do this interview right now. And I'm like seriously and he goes yeah i'm ready to do this now get out i'm like okay so i get out of the car and i'm like all right this is what we're going to talk about he goes cool 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 he goes but i'm not going to be answering any of your questions i'm like what dude and he goes my daughter going to be doing all the talking i'm like your daughter is four years old sir like <laughs> you really don't know if this is like what we're looking for today but fine 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 so I ask him a question. As he's like, now it's a real setup shot. I go, Mister Knight, just walk this way. I'm gonna ask you a series of three questions, and we'll be done, okay? And so I ask him question number one, and he just goes and like points to his daughter, and she just goes me 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 me. I'm like, all right. Uh, question number two, he just goes, baby girl, answer to man, and she gives me like a, like an inaudible fucking answer. I'm like, this is not going to be <laughs> producible whatsoever. <laughs> So I wrap up the shoot, done. I go, Mr. Knight, thanks so much. And he goes, absolutely. He goes, come over here. Let me talk, let me talk to you for a second. Grabs my hand and like, like, like in the movie Friday when like Debo would grab Craig and Day and like pull him in real fast. And it's like this violent, he brings me forward and he goes, say man, he goes, anybody out here ever giving you any problems, any trouble? He goes, you call me and I'm gonna send a couple motherfuckers down to deal with them. I'm like, like my heart. I'm just like,
1: Mr. Knight. I was
0: going to be one of those motherfuckers
1: that were dealt uh with.
0: I go, Mr. Knight, Mm -hmm. I go, I am beyond uh, uh, honored that you'd offer me such protection. I don't think I need that type of services out in the street. He goes, just, you know, but that's what he told me. He goes, if anybody's ever fucking with you, give me a call and I'll send some motherfuckers down to deal with them. I'm just like, yo, I'm in the mix, baby. I got a backup now. <laughs> so I was like, look, cool. Thanks for letting me interview you. Let's go to a Charger game sometime for real. He goes, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So at the time, I was working on a bunch of different projects. And I think I had mentioned to you guys last time that a lot of these projects had stemmed from the wild run-ins that were going on in my daily life in TMZ. And my buddy, Josh Sandoval, who's still an, who is still an executive producer to this day in LA, he's from my hometown in San Diego. And him and I linked up one night at a Dodger game because he was working for the LA Times and I was working for TMZ. And he was like, dude, what are you doing at this job? Like, I got to hear more about it. Let's go to a Dodger game. So we go to a Dodger game and I start giving him the ins and outs of what I've been doing. He goes, this is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, I've got to write an article on you. Like, I won't say your name or anything to get you in trouble. But like, I'm like, bro, you should come on a ride along. Like, just come on a ride along. Come sit in my car for the next three or four days and we'll see what happens. And I took him to like door stepping, Lindsay Lohan's house. I took him on the craziest fucking car chases where during the day I called it the snake where there would be a line of cars, six, eight, 10 cars deep chasing celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, Kim Kardashian. And I called it the snake because if the snake broke a link the guys who didn't make that red light would be fucked. so it was imperative to stay bumper to bumper with the other paps in order to not have any cross traffic not come care through. about the lights. yeah exactly. so oh, and like the celebrities assistants were really good at this shit. They would drive kind of slow, waiting for the yellow then the red and they would run the red, knowing that all the paps 10 cars deep would have to do the same thing if they wanted to the shop and guess what we gonna do it.
1: But it was I saw, in- I saw it with my own eyes. Dude, I saw Britney Spears. It was crazy. And I, I saw a pap line of yes. fifty fucking pap cars following her, not caring what lights. I mean, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen in the streets of LA, and they it was just car after car after car after yep. car.
0: That was like one of like those times, 2008, 2009, 2010, when Britney Spears was like crazy shaving her head shit. This is when the paparazzi, I think, were most aggressive. This is when there was the most money to be made. And we would do shit that we just had to do. And the problem was with TMZ getting paid salary is the incentive isn't there, you know, monetarily. It was more so to prevent...
1: It's it's put into place that way. Yes, it did. So that you aren't driven by money to do dumb illegal shit
0: right but we ended up doing dumb illegal shit because if we didn't get the shot that everybody else got you know what was gonna happen it was gonna be a fucking shit storm so we tried to follow the law as much as we could we didn't do things that were like crazy illegal to get the shot because at the end of the day we're gonna see this person later we'll have another opportunity but those car chases were fucking insane. And my buddy Josh came along with me and started documenting everything we were doing. And when I would run into somebody of some sort of influence or interest, I would always text or call Josh and be like, dude, I'm about to shoot so-and-so. He'd be like, this is fucking great, Trevor. This is what you need to ask them. And then pitch them this. See if we can form a relationship with them on the side. And so I, I told him one day, I go, dude, I'm, I'm about to fucking shoot, shoot Shook Knight. And he's like, holy shit, like, you know, see if you can network something with them. I didn't have to do any of that because Suge is the one that took the reins on like inviting me to the Charger game, et cetera, et cetera. So what happened was, is I gave Suge my phone number. Okay. With hopes that he would call me for a Charger game. That's not what happened. What happened was, is I relayed to my buddy, Josh, that I had met him and I told him what happened. He goes, that's fucking crazy. And, you know what? No one's ever done a documentary on Suge from Suge's point of view on like what happened with all the Tupac stuff and all of that. Like no one's told Suge's story. So Josh, my my creative partner who was a writer, drafted up this really rad documentary treatment. And he goes, Trevor, I need you to reach out to Suge and pitch this to him. I'm like, fuck. So I call up Suge and I'm like, Yo, Suge, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, My partner and I drafted a documentary about you. We want to tell your story. No one's heard your voice on this. And we want you to tell the tale. And he was down. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm interested in this. He's like, why don't we take a creative meeting together next week? I'm like, sure. When and where? He goes, 5 p.m., Four Seasons Hotel, Beverly Hills. Meet me there. I'm like, all right. So I get hooked up with my buddy, Josh. We drive over to the hotel. And... We see Shug and he's out on like the patio smoking cigars with like dangerous looking dudes, like four or five of them. And I walk up and I go, Mr. Knight, good afternoon. Nice to see you again. This is my creative partner, Josh. He's the one that's helped me draft the uh, documentary we'd like to talk to you about. He goes, yeah, yeah, cool. Go inside and wait for me. Just go sit at the bar. Like, okay. So Josh and I go in and we sit at the bar. And we literally sat at the bar by ourselves for an hour, an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Josh like, dude, do I go up? And Josh goes, don't you dare get up and go interrupt him from smoking his cigar. He'll come in when he wants to come in. He knows we're here. He goes, just shut the fuck up and drink your beer. <laughs> so <laughs> we chill out. We wait. And that's what happened. Suge finally finishes his cigar sash stands up and comes inside. Sits down with us. That's and, a
1: power move right and, there. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, and we begin to present and pitch this documentary to him. He's super interested in it. He's like, no one's ever, you know, come to me with this opportunity. And I've always wanted to tell my side of the story. We're like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then the waitress comes over and she goes, hi guys, can I take your order for dinner? I'll have this, Josh will have this. And then she goes, I want the ground turkey pasta. And she goes, well, I'm sorry, sir. We're in the bar part of the hotel. That pasta dish that he knows, Suge knows what he's ordering because he's been there before. She goes, that's not offered in this part of the hotel. That's in the main restaurant. And he looks at her and he goes, I said I want the ground turkey penne pasta. And Josh is like, if you value your life, you will go to the other side of the hotel and you will get this man his (laughs) pasta. And so she was like real reluctant. We're like, dude, you don't know who the fuck this is. Like, go get him the pasta. So she ends up going and getting him the pasta. As soon as it gets delivered to him, we're in the middle of like creating this, this, this project with him. And he leans over to my buddy Josh and goes, give me your, give me your finger. And so Josh like (laughs) gives Shug his finger and Shug grabs his hand and puts it on his skull and goes, do you feel that? And Josh goes, yeah. He goes, that's the bullet that was shot into the car when I was in it with Tupac, when Tupac was murdered in Las Vegas. He goes, what? it's still lodged in my in my head. The, the actual <laughs> bullet itself? Yeah, or it's still in his fucking head. No, going. no, it's the bullet. <laughs> what? And so I'm looking at Josh like, damn, you two are getting real connected. Like, I'm out of this. So Josh felt the bullet. We ate dinner. Um, I think we ended up paying for it. You know, it was our pleasure. And he goes, look, I'm really down. Um, you know, what's the plan from here? I'm like, well, we've got a couple of different production companies that we're going to pitch this to. We've got a few that are interested, and we'll we'll follow up. Uh, we got a lot of interest. We had a development deal with a company on this project. And then what happened was, is one night I get a call from Josh, super late, like abnormally late for Josh. I'm still up. I think it was like 1 a.m. And Josh goes, dude, Shug just called me. I'm like, okay, what are we doing tonight? And he goes, dude, he's in jail. I'm like, yeah. And you're his fucking one phone call. And he goes, yes. (laughs) He goes, I'm freaking out right now. But what happened was, is Suge is still in prison for what he did. And TMZ covered this story. They covered it very well.
1: This is like the running over the guy, right? Right.
0: There was a music video taking place in Compton, which I believe was in the realm geographically of Suge's jurisdiction. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if Suge was a blood or a crip, but basically the individuals who were conducting this music video did not ask for suge's permission okay so should well, dro- we know that story i want to hear the end of your story Oh, good how does it end so um Suge called my partner josh from jail asking to be bailed out and that's essentially how it ended is so no nothing
1: else after that
0: we didn't bail him out and Nobody bailed him out. He's still in prison for oh, committing that shit. manslaughter. He fucking murdered a guy. And so, like a lot of my opportunities through TMZ, this one, You're, like Miley Cyrus and Loh- like, Lindsay Lohan, all also went up in flames.
1: Dude, your life is like just about bad timing.
0: Don't say that, Dax. <laughs> I got Aubrey O'Day, dude.
1: <laughs> Divine timing. Oh, man. How has it already been like, an hour and some change oh, I, I don't, don't understand do we do a part three how our time with you goes so fast it makes no sense there's numerous questions again that we still haven't got to kim kardashian mm. john Voigt, like there's mm. other stories that we were supposed to get to
0: we still haven't got to we're gonna have to do a part three at some point <laughs> i'm ready dude I'm ready. The more I talk to you, the more I remember because this stuff is buried in the catacombs of my brain. But it's really wild to kind of uh, unzip that and see what see what falls out because um, it was the craziest time of my life. Working for TMZ was one of the most exciting, spontaneous uh, anything could happen every single day moments of my life. And um, like Adam said, it takes a really specific individual not only to get the job but to do the job well and stay there for years on end where Different shit could happen at any moment of your life.
1: Dude, it's so wild. Well, Trevor, thank you again, dude, for coming on. Follow follow Trevor, by the way. If Go on to Instagram, just at Trevor Wayne. I'm correct, right? Just Trevor Wayne is yeah, your handle? There is
0: another Trevor follow Wayne him. in the world, but we're not the same.
1: Yes, follow him. He's a great follow. He's already got a huge audience. Um but dude, I we're we're going to have to have you back. Um I we've never had someone back this quickly, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, but so I think much. I think your your stories are just so fun, you're so compelling uh and you're a good storyteller Thank you, on, dude. on top of it, which makes it fun to even just listen to. Uh, your adventures uh, through Hollywood. So thank you for coming back on, um, and we're going to do it again.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I very much appreciate it. Dax, this weekend, go to the Irvine Spectrum. Check out the carousel just out in out front of the yard <laughs> house. Take a picture and send it to me, because magic happened there, dude.
2: That was Trevor. Follow Trevor at Trevor Wayne. I love talking to guys like him, because people like him just have, like I said earlier in the podcast, they just have the best stories, and you get to hear from their experience what happened. Trevor was just... He chased women, and he did very well. I mean, balls of steel to go up to Miley Cyrus. So, I, I mean, I just love those stories. And when I talk to guys who do what I do, like, we just – we could talk for hours. And my first question is, like, how is that person? Are they cool or are they not? Like, this is – the conversation we just have with Trevor is a conversation we have on the phone. Um, I don't know. I love those guys. So, you know what? There's, there's not so many guys who are willing to talk. You know, because I don't know for some reason it's a it's a, a tight knit community because there's not that many people have done the job or who do the job, but not many want to tell the stories. And fortunately for us, we've had a few very very good guys and people that shared some uh, just some of their stories because they're just incredible stories. Uh, but make sure again you follow Trevor, follow us at uh, on Instagram at Hollywood Raw Pod. Uh, we're also on TikTok. We also have this private Facebook group called Off the Record, which is a really, really great community where you guys can ask us questions, you guys talk to each other. It's just really cool. Um, just it's a fun engagement. Find uh, find me on social media at Adam Glenn. Find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holtz. See you guys next time.
0: A at Media Production.